Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist's work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is Terry Melway. Terry is a self-taught artist learning to draw and paint as a young girl. However, many events like marriage and childbirth, etc., had taken her in other directions over time, but her art has always been there, although very much in the background. Sketching was always her first love, and as a detail-oriented person, it allowed her the control she couldn't seem to find with other mediums. But she has added color to her palette with colored pencils, and she is thoroughly enjoying the journey. Terry is now retired and pursuing her third career, that of a full-time artist. Well, good morning, Terry, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Good morning, Mike. It's nice to be here. Well, it's good to have you, and let's start off this morning by having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Well, I come from Canada, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba to be exact, about well, I guess about three years ago, my husband and I decided to sell our house and spend more time traveling. So we did that and we moved into an apartment. And in doing that, I had to give up, you know, certain mediums of art like acrylics and oils because they're not conducive to working in an apartment. So I really went full time into doing colored pencil work. Uh, since then, though, I've been able to rent studio time very locally, and uh, there I do a lot more oils and acrylics and watercolors. So I'm really enjoying, you know, doing a number of different things. I think my creativity has always been there since I was very little. My mother was a very creative person, although she didn't do any artwork. She did do uh, a lot of calligraphy, calligraphies, pardon me. Uh, she wrote uh, a lot of poetry, and she was forever, you know, just being creative with anything that she did. Um, and so I grew up with that. And at a very young age, she bought um, my sisters and I, uh, John Nagy, Learn to Draw Kit. And I was fascinated by it. And I think I drew every picture in the book at least 10 times. Uh, I can still remember in my mind that book from when I was about five or six years old and all the pictures in there. So I was kind of hooked from that point on. And as I got a little bit older, I started spending my allowance on other art mediums and got into oils for a while. And and then, of course, the teen years came, and that meant a totally different uh, addiction, and that was boys. So <laughs> my teen years got taken up with being a teenager Mm-hmm. And then, as you mentioned, um, you know, being getting married and, and having children. I have a large family, six children now, eight grandchildren, mm-hmm. and two great-grandchildren and another great-grandchild on the way. So life has been very busy, but with the kids all grown and on their own, um, I've had the opportunity to pursue my art. 
So, and that's kind of you know where I've come to at this point. Well, that's very interesting, and uh, it's a, that is a large family, and uh, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, Terry, tell us uh, with your pencil drawings. Tell us the uh, process you go through, and start with where you get your inspiration for your art? Well, you know, I think if you ask any artist um, where they get their inspiration, I think it depends on where their mindset is. And for me, nature is is, is a big thing, you know. When I walk outside Mm -hmm. and I see the colors of the sky or the colors of flowers or nature, I don't just see, you know, trees and green grass. I, you know, my sight goes, oh, God, that's beautiful, like, Look at that mist in the background. Look at all these things. So nature is a big inspiration for me. And I loved gardening. So flowers was another big thing. So I would go out every day and take pictures of my yard, my flowers as they bloomed. And I like to paint them. So that that was a big thing. Um, I think a lot of people that get into things like abstracts and that, for me, that's not an inspiration. I I I think there's some really beautiful abstract work out there. It's just not my thing. But um, as to my process, um, I, over the years I learned uh, to do a lot of photography. I even worked in a photography business for a little while. So I take most of my own pictures and uh, I store them on my computer and those are my you know, subject matter. So if I've got an idea one day of something I'd like to do. I'll go through my subject matter and I'll pull out a piece that I'd like or pieces and and combine them. Then I um, work through Photoshop elements and I will make some adjustments, some additions, some, you know, remove some things, try different things with the picture in, in any way to enhance it to what I'd like to see it in the finished piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I'll print a black and white version of it so I can see my values and if the values aren't strong enough for me I will adjust that as well before I you know move further from there then I print a color copy and do my uh, drawing on my uh, paper which I usually use Bristol vellum or Stonehenge transfer my line drawing usually a very simple line drawing because I like to put in all the aspects myself I don't want to draw something and then just fill in the blanks. Right. So uh, once I'm at that point, then I uh, just start getting out my colored pencils and I look at my piece and try and decide what kind of colors I'm going to use as an underpainting, what kind of colors I might use, you know, in the shadows and different areas. And I'll pile them all up on my desk and kind of go from there. Nothing's written in stone. I kind of fly by the seat of my pants sometimes, but uh, <laughs> uh, it all works in the end. So that's uh, so that's kind of my process. I do, um, you know, little things like I'll have a paper beside me where I'll test out colors to make sure that, you know, I'm staying in tune with what I'm, what I want to accomplish. Uh, most of what I do is done through uh, with color pencils, anyways, is a layering process. Mm-hmm. So I put on a base and I do what I call color mapping. So if I've got a picture that's, um, let's say, I don't know, white flowers, uh, they're not really white. Uh, there's lots of shadow work and things. So I'll very lightly put in 
some colors in the areas where I know I'm going to want them to be in the finished piece. And then I'll work through that. It also helps me to not get lost, especially if you're working on a piece that's, um, there's very broad areas of what appears to be kind of one color, but there's nuances of others. So that helps Mm -hmm. me to not get lost as I'm working. So I get to a point and I see that color, oh yeah, I was going to put a bit of a shadow in there (laughs) or a different color. So, uh, it, it's it's kind of as you mentioned before. It's it's a journey with with each piece, and um, I also have my uh, trusty electric eraser beside me. So when I'm not too happy with something, I can erase it back to almost the white of the paper and and uh, uh, move forward again. So that's kind of I guess the the whole process that I do. Once I'm I think I'm my piece is finished. I'll. I'll put it aside, and I usually put it in a place where I can see it every day and as I go by and look at it. And as things kind of jump out at me, you know, that doesn't look quite right, or, wow, that looks really good there, but it needs this. I'll go in and make any additional changes to that, but I don't make myself nuts over it because, you know, you could always, I think, make adjustments to paintings or uh, any artwork. So at that point, I just say, okay, now it's done. Sign it. Seal it. Go and get it printed and framed, and on to the next one. <laughs> well, you're correct. Sometimes the hardest thing for artists, I believe, is knowing when it's complete. Uh, some artists say that they can never get it to exactly they want the way they want it, but they know they just have to stop. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Well, Terry, that's uh, quite the process, and uh, and your your drawings are, are very good, very lifelike, and full of color. How long does it take you, on average, to create one of your pieces of art? Well, that depends, of course, very much on the size and the amount of detail. For example, if I use the white of the paper as my background, that eliminates a lot of work because backgrounds can mm-hmm. be very tedious or time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, again, the, the, the size. I just finished a piece that was 16 by 20, which is a considerably large piece for colored pencil because of the time involved. Mm-hmm. And it took me, I would say, the better part of 150 hours. Most wow. of my pieces take between 40 and 60, and I've gotten I've gotten speedier at them. And I'm, I'm trying new things to... Um, uh, speed things up, but a lot of people will use solvents and things in their color pencil work, and that eliminates a lot of time. I don't do that. I try and do everything color pencil, background and all. But um, I have occasionally used, you know, solvents and things to uh, to shorten uh, the time frame on some areas. But so yeah, I'd say somewhere between forty and sixty hours on a somewhere between an eight by ten, eleven by fourteen. Well, I tell you, I've always admired uh, people who do etchings or drawings because you're working with such a small or fine point where if you're a painter, you can certainly not say that there isn't some small brushes, but the brushes are still even the sm- most of the smallest brushes are bigger than the end of a pencil. So it, there's a lot of detail, and it's just very, I don't know the word to use, but there's just a lot of detail and going back over and over and over using colored pencil. 
Yeah, there there definitely is a lot of detail um, in it, especially if you're doing uh, realism or hyper-realism. There's an mm-hmm. awful lot of detail. Having said that, um, not everybody wants their pieces to be very detailed. You know, that's the nature of who I am. I like detail. Uh, when I get to that piece, if I'm doing an oil painting or an acrylic, when I get to the part where I get to use those really tiny little brushes and start doing all the fine work, I get excited. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that's when it becomes fun for you. <laughs> exactly. The rest is just prep work. <laughs> well, Terry, is there another artist who has inspired you in your work, or an individual? You know, there are so many talented artists, and when I look on Facebook, you know, social media, and some of the pieces I'm seeing published by people that nobody knows, and I think, my God, these people are talented, you know. Mm -hmm. But for names of people who, uh, you know, color pencil artists would certainly be familiar with, I would say Jamie Gildow, uh, her work is just superb. And uh, I've watched many of her videos over time and read some of her books. As a matter of fact, I have a collection of her videos. Um, she's such a funny lady. She's a talented woman. Um, she's a great instructor. And watching her videos is like, you know, being at home, visiting with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, another artist is Gary Green. His work is is really, really tremendous as well. And those two names I think most CP artists would be familiar with. But as I said, there's lots of no names, if you will, out there that are just gifted, incredibly gifted. Well, that is something I know in talking with a lot of people within the art world, you know, the advantage that artists today and lovers of art today have over people and artists in times past is you can see art from all from all parts of the world and in different mediums. And so there is a great exposure for artists out there. Now, having said that, there there are a lot of of artists out there, so sometimes uh, you may feel like you get lost in the crowd. But, you know, the the masters uh, did not have the availability to you know, get their art out in front of as many people as artists do today. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, social media has just changed the way we do things. And as you said about people from all over the world, I remember a number of years ago when I first joined a um, art group on social media and I posted one of my pieces, and one of the first responses I got was from a fellow in Russia. And I thought, Mm -hmm. how cool is this, you know? And then there was one that came from Australia, and I was just like, this is amazing. I love this, you know? You get to Mm -hmm. touch base with artists from all over the world, and they get to see your work, and you get to see their work, and you can support one another, and yet chances are you'll probably never meet in person, you know? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It really is. Well, and it is, and, you know, I think the great thing about that is art doesn't really know political bounds, doesn't know social bounds, uh, where you're from, you know, what's your background. Uh, It's a common language that's spoken by or can be read by people 
from all over the world, regardless of their race or creed. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, you know, it, the interesting thing you say, mentioned about that is I do remember a fellow who came online to one of the social groups and, and just joined, and he said that he was using a computer from a friend because he wanted to learn more. And my understanding was that he came from a very poor community in Africa. and mm-hmm. um, But he was talented. He had this natural gift, and, and he was so insecure, and he posted his work and said that, you know, you know somebody would would help me and his work was phenomenal and I just thought you know it was it was so great that someone that came from this little community could get out there and um touch people's heart with hearts with his work you know yeah that is that's that is one of the amazing benefits um of today's internet and social media that is for sure yeah yeah it certainly is i mean there's a, certainly a downside as well i mean i know that mm-hmm. There are individuals on the other side of the world who prey on, you know, artists so that they take their work and they'll turn around and make prints and sell it as their own. But, you know what, you're going to have that, and there's really no getting away from it. I think believing in your art and um, just being part of an art community and doing art, you know, completing pieces is so much joy. It's not just about selling art or, um, you know fighting over who it belongs to. <laughs> well, I, that is a good point. And uh, I know I encourage uh, artists, that, uh, especially young artists or artists that are, are getting are new into uh, doing their art. Certainly there's a lot of people we see today that are getting into art as um, something they probably always maybe a lot much like yourself, something they always enjoy doing, but you know, that there was uh, a real world out there and life gets in the way sometimes. And, and so now they're retired and they have the time and the means to, to, you know, focus on doing the art. So, and I tell people mm-hmm. it's, it's get involved with artist groups, local artist groups, get, you know, get around other artists, uh, it's a great way to learn and cuz artists share share their art with everybody. Most artists are not well this is mine and you can't take it, you know. I'm not going to show you. I'm yeah. not going to tell you. They're not that way. They're they're usually very open and and, and that's right. how I do this and and you it's not like you're copying but you're learning techniques and and like in any any art form or, or any talent, there there are techniques and skills involved in in creating art. There definitely are. I mean, um, I think a lot of people who think, you know, oh, I'd like to take an art class or something, you know, when they get into it and really don't have any knowledge, they'll experiment on their own. And now, as we were talking about with social media and things, there's so many free tutorials and things online. People are getting involved in that sort of thing and. Um, they're learning, but it's not the same as being, you know, sitting beside another artist who says, you know what, this is what I do for this, and it really works well. So to watch mm-hmm. someone, you know, sitting beside you or have them sharing with you, you know, without a, a time frame or anything in place where you can just sit there and chat and share what they're doing and some of their techniques. And it's interesting because some of the techniques that you hear for some of the different mediums are just straight out of the kitchen, you know. 
like whatever mm-hmm. kind of tools and gadgets and things they they wind up you know using them as art tools mm-hmm. right. and you don't have to go to an art store to buy some of them <laughs> that is so true yeah Gary, I think we're at a good spot to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, talk about some of your winning art that you have had in uh, a couple of competitions on Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Sounds good. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Terry Millway's artwork by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com, click on the Search Gallery tab, and then click on the Artist tab, and then follow that to Terry Melway's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants. So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer or an architect or just a lover of great art who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the most wonderful art created by some of the finest artists from around the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, and, of course, by the individual artists. And again, to view Terry Melway's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then Terry Melway's name. Well, Terry, let's, uh, one of the winning pieces was entitled Chesta Daisy. Tell the audience about that piece. Well, that piece was, uh, I think as I mentioned before, I uh, did a lot of gardening and and I love my flowers and Mm -hmm. I probably had over a hundred different types of lilies and and irises in my yard and I also had Shasta daisies and uh, one morning I went out early and the sun was just kind of coming through the trees and there's this beautiful dappled sunlight on my Shasta daisies and I thought, oh God, that's so pretty and I ran in the house got my camera and was able to capture that. Um, I made a few little adjustments on my computer, not many because I I usually try to shoot the way I want my final piece to look, but, you know, sometimes, you know, atmosphere or whatever gets in the way and you need to make some adjustments. Right. But um, that was the thing I loved about that piece. And I know my husband and I discussed it, and he said, you know, I don't, I don't know if I get it. And I said, you know, I just love that sunlight, though. It just speaks to me. So when I did this piece, I had a really, really good response to it. Uh, And the funny thing was that most of the comments that I got was the same. Uh, People were saying, I love the sunlight, that dappled, you know, sprinkle of sun through the the leaves. And uh, so it turned out very well. And I had a lot of requests on that one from people saying, well, you know, how do you do that? Like, how do you make a white flower look white? You know, like what color is white? And I said, well, you really don't. I said, if you, you know, look at things that white really isn't white. If you look at snow, yeah, in our brain it's white, just as the sky is blue and grass is green. But if you really take a close look at snow in the wintertime, it's got shades of purple and blue and green and yellow, depending on the time of day and, you know. So that's what happened here with the, with the Chasta Daisy. It was more a matter of the negative painting and putting in the shadows and that to bring out that, you know, that beauty of that flower. Well, I was just amazed uh, in looking at this. Uh, it it looks like a photograph. It, it's just so <laughs> realistic. And then, you know, the, the 
the background, you know, like when you take a photograph and how, you know, the what's in the foreground is in focus, but then the background's a little out of focus. Hey, that's just, it's just a beautiful drawing, and it's it's just wonderful. Well, I think this, the soft background is what enables the foreground to just really pop, and mm-hmm. that's um, that's something that you know some you know especially new artists don't realize. You know, they try they'll take a picture and try and redraw the whole thing, and they want it to be exactly like in the picture, but the picture probably isn't that great you know so you need to those are some of the things that need to learn and putting in a soft background is is one of those things you know it's like a support supporting actor to the uh leading role well and terry one of the other things that i love about your work is that you are so talented and and you can vary your work and, and another lovely piece and a winning piece is sheba tell the audience about sheba well, that piece, that particular image is not mine, which is why I, I don't um, sell Sheba, because I'm a firm believer in copyright infringement. But I do use it as um, uh, a selling tool so people can see, you know, this is what my work in animals looks like. This is, you know, the qualifications that I have for doing animal portraits. I've I've saw that piece in a magazine or someplace years and years ago, and I, I I kept that picture. And then one day I found it in my file and thought, you know, I got to do that. I, I really got to do that tiger. I just love her. And um, mm-hmm. we had a, a tiger here at our local zoo. And, of course, I think most tigers look the same anyway, but her name was Sheba. So that's why I did it. She was actually one of my first mm-hmm. color pencil pieces. Be- before that, I did a, a gorilla and uh, and then I did Sheba. So she's actually one of my earliest pieces in colored pencil. And it was a joy to do, and it turned out really well. Um, I love the expression, and I've had a lot of good feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, the details. She's laying in the grass, and so part of her body is covered by the grass. And it's just that attention to detail that makes her look so lifelike. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you also have a drawing entitled Jamaican. Tell the audience about that piece. Well, that piece is very close to my heart because it has a personal story. Um, My daughter was working in Ocho Rios at Teen Challenge um, a few years ago. And so we were on a cruise at the time, and, and one of our ports of call was Ocho Rios. So we stopped to spend the day with her there, and I said, I want to get pictures of some locals, you know, with some character. And we were driving down this cow path, if you'd call it, and this guy was sitting by the side of the road carving coconuts into birds, making like little hangers, and then painting them. And he was shirtless and just had on some cut-off shorts and bare feet and everything, and I said, oh, there, there, that guy. I want to get his picture. So our driver said, well, on our way back. So as we came back, he wasn't there. So he asked the lady where is, and she, he mentioned this fellow's name. So she yells to him out into the jungle. And this guy comes just bounding out of the jungle. Dreads are flying everywhere. And he's got on <laughs> now a golf shirt and nice pants, still, still shoeless. But I guess he uh-huh. thought he'd really impress us with, the golf shirt and that 
and quite frankly, I preferred him the other way. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he came out, so I asked him, I told him I was an artist, and I wanted to take his picture and, and paint his picture. Could I do that? And he said yes, and I, I paid him for it, because I, that's another thing I firmly believe in. A lot of people in these countries don't have the opportunity to make a good living, and tourists come and, you know, kind of want to take advantage of them, want to take pictures of them in their native costumes or whatever, but they don't want to pay them for it. So I make sure I always pay them. So I paid this fellow and we left. So I did this picture and it just turned out so well. And as I was doing it, the comments I was getting, I was posting sort of a work in progress and people were coming back and saying, wow, it's like he's crawling through the paper, like he's just popping out of the paper. Mm-hmm. So when it was all said and done, um, I posted it, and Color Pencil Magazine approached me and uh, wanted to do a feature article on it. So uh, I said, yeah. So I, I put together an article, and I sent them all the work-in-progress pieces, and uh, I told them the story behind it. And in the meantime, I let a friend know in Ocho Rios that this was happening And uh, could they get, I was going to send them a digital copy of the magazine, could they make sure that this fellow gets to see it? And they said, oh, yeah, for sure, absolutely, because Ocho Rios is a small community, and uh, they knew this fellow personally. So they apparently did this. They went and took their laptop, and they went and saw this person and showed him. And uh, they took another picture of him, and he's got this big smile on his face. And in his (laughs) Jamaican accent, he said to them, Oh, I'm so happy now. Now I am famous. <laughs> so we just <laughs> laughed about this, you know. So I have finally got a you know, copy of the magazine and we are actually going to Ocho Rios again uh in December of this year. So I'm gonna take an actual copy of the magazine and uh, hopefully find this fellow again and, and, and give him a copy of it. And in the magazine they we posted this final picture of him with this big smile on his face and he's holding in each hand one of his carved coconuts and he'd just been told about how he was featured in this article. So personal story and uh, it's just great. And so every time I look at that picture, I think of him. That picture actually was uh, one uh, wouldn't be familiar to do, but here locally uh, at Manitoba Society of Artists, uh, juried exhibition that piece won the W. Cliff Packer Award for Excellence so um, it's quite a popular piece Congratulations Congratulations Thank you Well and it's again uh, I just find your 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 art is just wonderful and and it is so varied uh, from your portraits to animals to uh, botanicals and flowers, uh, and every one of them is so lifelike. It's just, uh, it's very, very good and very enjoyable to look at. Well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate your comments. <laughs> well, Terry, we are getting near the end of the show. Uh, one of the questions I always like to ask uh, is advice that uh, you would give to someone new coming into the art world. Well, I think one of the things, and this is based on my own experience, one of the things that I would have to say um, is that regardless of what medium you take up, get your foundation, your color theory, your values, 
um, and, and establish yourself in one medium so you've got it down solid and you have a good understanding of what's happening because all those skills are transferable to another medium. There, yeah, there's some differences and, and certainly different techniques in every medium, but once you have a good foundation, you can do any type of medium. But if you kind of jump around, you know, I'll do a watercolor this week, I'll go to an acrylics class, and you know, you never really get grounded. So that's... Mm-hmm probably the biggest piece of advice I could give someone just starting out. Get really grounded first in one medium. Well, and that's very good advice, uh, especially about the values. Um, That's really what I think separates the average artist from the very good artist is those that that understand values and know how to, to use that in their art. Absolutely. And it's a process. It's an evolution uh, it's not something you learn overnight. With each piece you paint, you get a better understanding, and you know the light bulb goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, and and like any other talent, it's all about practice. Uh, I bet you do. Well, let's tell the audience how many how many pieces of art do you try to turn out uh, in, in a month's time. Oh. Well, if I'm doing just colored pencil, I'm sometimes lucky if I get one done. But, um, you know, it's it's just the way, you know, the time spent in it and then life, family getting in the way or not getting in the way, but, you know, being part of your, your whole life. But, you know, trying to get, once you get to a point where you say, okay, now I want to do this for a living, I want to, you know, start getting pieces done. You you change things a little bit. You start to schedule more, and you build your studio or your workstation around you and what you're doing and how you can accomplish things a little faster and and still, you know, still do a good job and everything. So those are all things that um, for every artist, um, it's it's different for everybody. And for me, doing color pencil because it is time consuming. I usually try to get out about uh hopefully two or three a month. If I ha- if I know I have a show coming up and I know mm-hmm. I need a specific number or at least a certain amount, then I'll, you know, put in some more time, more evenings and stuff and uh, trying to get everything accomplished on time. Well, Terry Yard is wonderful and I just want to thank you for being on our show today. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It was really a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate being able to share my work with you guys. Well, uh, we enjoyed having you here, and we certainly look forward to seeing more of your work, Terry. That's great. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Terry Melway's stunning art, to listen to this interview, And, of course, purchase some of Terry Melway's art. Visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com. I want to let all of the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts. And while you're there, you can check out all of our upcoming competitions and exhibitions. And if you're an architect, interior designer, or just a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. 
And Artist Speaks airs every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll meet again next week. Thank you again and have a great rest of your weekend.